Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 44 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. We're out here in Europe somewhere <laughs> with uh, Anton Crayley from AntonMethod.com. What's up, buddy? What's up, everyone? What's going on, Johnny? Yeah. Um, so we are actually in Vienna, Austria, but don't want to talk about that too much yet because we just arrived. We don't really have that big of an opinion on it yet, but we just spent the last week and a half traveling through, uh, where were we? Prague and Berlin. Yeah, in Germany. So, um, yeah. I mean, basically, this, this episode is just going to be about traveling through those countries uh, as a digital nomad or entrepreneur. Do you even like that word, digital nomad? No, I don't. Unfortunately, you have to use it sometimes because people search for it and people know what it is. So if you're marketing to them, you have to use it. But I really don't like it. Wish I thought of something <laughs> better, but I don't, I don't have anything. Location well, independent is really what I prefer. Location independent entrepreneur. Yeah, but this week we haven't really been working at all. It just we just been sightseeing. Yeah, but there's always work mixed in a little bit. You know, wake up, you always have to stay on top of everything. So there's definitely been no growing business, but definitely maintaining, definitely getting that you know thirty minutes to an hour in every morning, uh, making sure everything's functioning, staying on track, and then you know talking business throughout the day. So I count that also. Yeah, definitely. So all right, so we start first. You're in Saigon, yeah. and I was in Chiang Mai. And why did we decide to go to Berlin? Uh, just a bunch of friends out there, and it's funny because we didn't end up meeting. We ended up not meeting up with too many of them. We had dinner with a couple friends, but um, yeah, a bunch of people had moved out to Europe for the summer. Left Chiang Mai, left Saigon, just because you know if you're going to be traveling Europe, the summer is the time to do it. In the winter, it's most places are just like where I'm from, back home in New York, where you don't go outside. It snows, it's cold, and there's no point in really seeing it then. So summertime, get away for a few weeks, you know, come out, really check out these cities. It's my first time in Europe, so I just wanted to come see what it's all about and kind of do like a little run through of it and then you know really make up my mind what I thought and if I ever wanted to come back and stay I would say longer term in the future yeah I think instantly I, I would say within a day I had decided I could live here easily uh, especially so we, so we started in Berlin I flew from Chiang Mai through Bangkok to Norway uh, which is super freaking expensive by the way it's I, I ordered a salad at the airport it was like a shrimp salad and I asked them how much this would be in US dollars and their response was you don't want to know so I took, I took a look at my credit card bill, and it was $30 for a salad and no drink. Yeah, I've also had bad experiences flying through Norway with just the people that work there. It's a very cold place. You get very... I mean, I'm sorry for anyone living out there, but that, that was my experience. So uh, since my, my one time passing through that airport, I've uh, went out of my way to make sure that my connecting flights are either in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or somewhere like that when flying back and forth from the States to Saigon or Thailand. But the crazy thing about Norway is everybody there is impeccably dressed. Like, like everyone's... You know, just wearing like the newest, yeah. You know, most expensive clothes and everything is just expensive. You know, and for lunch, people were literally having sandwiches with caviar and champagne. Yeah, I had a sandwich and a beer there when I was passing through, and I think it was about thirty-five bucks. So, I mean, they make a lot of money. They also spend a lot of money. So, yeah, everyone's dressed up as much as could be. Everything as clean as you'll ever see it. And I remember walking through the airport, and it was just strange to me because it was so, like, almost fancy, and everything was so quiet. There was no one even talking. When people were having conversations, they were almost whispering to each other when I was there. And it was just a very strange feeling to me. It felt very manufactured and almost a little bit too clean for me, which is, <laughs> I was talking to Johnny about it. That's one of the reasons I like Saigon. It's not a, you know, not a forever place for me, but it has an edge to it. It's loud. It's noisy. There's always stuff going on. And, um, like, for example, when we were first in, in Berlin, one of the first things I noticed is we were at a red light with a group of like four or five people and there were no cars anywhere to be seen and no one crossed the street and to me that's insane like i'm from new york i'm from long island but you know the the way everything happens there if there's not a car you're going to cross the street you're going to walk across you're not even going to think about it and there people are so almost i would say trained to to do what you're supposed to do you just stand there so that's something that you know was a real shock to me and then Another example of how manufactured everything felt in Berlin um, and how like, you know, kind of like that, how honest they expect everyone to be is with the uh, the subway there, which is great. Their, their transportation is amazing. It was so easy to get anywhere. But we didn't understand the whole ticketing system because you actually buy a ticket and then you don't show it to anyone. You, <laughs> yeah. uh, you buy it from a machine. You're supposed to validate it. So you put it in a little box that stamps it with a date and time. And then you get 30 minutes, you know, using public transportation. So if you transfer or whatever it is. And we were on the train and was waiting for someone to collect 
inspect it or to scan it, but that never happens. So they said that occasionally there will be police in plain clothes on the on the trains and on the buses that will ask you to present your ticket, and if you don't have it, it's like a forty euro fine or something. But I mean, we were there for a few days nonstop, you know, traveling around on public transportation, and we didn't get questioned or have anyone get questioned. So just the fact that everything's in the whole yeah, well, even even there. for breakfast at our hotel, it yeah. was you know it was supposed to be five or seven euros, and I remember the first day we ate there. And you went to go pay for it afterwards, and they just assumed that you were paying for the for the next day, or yeah. no, no, for that, you know, they give you a ticket, and you're like, no, no, I ate already. Yeah, and yeah. They, they looked at you. They like, were kind of like shocked, like, why would you do that? But like, I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, it's very like they don't check for tickets; they just expect everyone to kind of do the right thing. Yeah, because I mean, like, who's gonna go have breakfast and then go to another floor to go pay for it? Yeah. You know, afterwards, cause, and nobody checks at all. It's and it's so weird that. In Europe, it's such a different culture, but I love it. It's I really think I could live here. I mean, I think within within a day, I said I can definitely live in Berlin. Um, I'm not sure about some of these other play, other cities that we travel to yet, and I think that's what's cool about it is every single city has a different personality. And even though you know, I <laughs> once you know I thought that Anton and me had similar personalities, I realized that they're actually completely different. And that's why I live in Chiang Mai, and where it's really quiet, it's really peaceful. You know, there's no craziness at all. And Saigon was just too much for me. If you guys haven't heard our episode where we compared Saigon versus Chiang Mai, it's episode 26 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast and really go in depth at that. So, so far, Berlin versus Prague. What do you like? Uh, I liked Prague better. But as far as living somewhere, I would definitely think Berlin was better to live. But as far as just being a tourist... I think Prague was much nicer. Um, Berlin was beautiful. We saw a lot of awesome sights. We did the walking tours and whatnot, and I loved it. So that's not to say that like I didn't like anything about Berlin. I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, great food, awesome people, really cool things to see. But uh, the one thing that you know, kind of, I guess I, if I had to complain, which is a pretty bad complaint, but on the walking tour, they had told us, you know, after the wars, Berlin was pretty much leveled. So all of the buildings there, which are amazing and gorgeous, but they, they were they were built to look like you know old buildings. So they said everything is relatively new, but it's built to look older. Again, it's still totally worth visiting as a tourist and just going to see the sites because that's what we did. You know, we weren't living there. So to talk about tourist things, um, definitely still worth going to see. But that kind of took a little bit away from me, knowing that it was all new, made to look old. And then we went to Prague, and what we learned there on the, the one of the walking tours was that Prague was actually Hitler's favorite city <laughs> yeah. in Europe, and that's where he planned to retire. So he had instructed all of his armies to, you know, really not have any wars there. Don't don't knock it, like don't destroy anything. What's well, so, crazy? Even all the Jewish synagogues there yep. were still in place, and you know, during the tour. So by the way, there's these free walking tours all across Europe from settlements i'll have a link to it in the show notes and they're absolutely worth it i mean every you know nothing's really free in life but what it is is you don't have to pay anything for it and then afterwards you just tip your guy 10 euros or whatever you think it's worth and it's it in our opinions it's been incredible so definitely do those but they were saying that uh, hitler wanted to keep those synagogues around as a almost like um how did he, he was going to turn the Jewish part of Prague into almost like a museum almost to yeah. show how Jewish people used to live. And he was going to keep that open and really have it as almost a museum, but kind of just like to show what it used to be like to be a Jewish people when they were still around. That was the one place in the world. So those actual the synagogues there are the oldest in Europe because he destroyed, well, not in, he had the other ones all destroyed, yeah. but he kept them there to show people in the future after he had completed his whole mission and, you know, really wiped out all the Jewish people. So it was just really crazy to see because, again, that's that... Uh, that's that authenticity that I really like. And same thing with the older buildings. I mean, there's so many like popular ones there that everyone knows about, the the clock tower and that whole square. But just walking around the city and seeing all the old, all the old buildings and knowing that they've been there for, I mean, forever. Like, I think one of the bridges, they said the construction started almost in like year 1000. Like, it's, it's insane how old this stuff is. And it's all authentic. It hasn't been knocked down and rebuilt to look old. It's just been there. So I really, as a tourist, I loved Prague. I loved walking around it. And that's a place I could see myself going back to many times throughout my life because I know it's not going to change and it's just it was really interesting to me yeah I absolutely loved it I think for both tours I really liked for Prague I think the city itself was more beautiful and you know as, as I don't know just saying that all the architecture was amazing but for Berlin I really connected with it because I felt like there's a the deeper story you know like you kind of felt the pain and the you know kind of all the suffering that people went through like even the Berlin Wall when you first look at it it doesn't look like anything. You'll be you'll be so disappointed. Do not go to the Berlin Wall by yourself and not not go on a tour because if you don't know anything about it, about the history of it, you'll look at it like this is the crappiest wall in the world. It's like four feet tall and it doesn't look like you know it, it can't even hold a, 
a 12 year old i mean you could just anyone can jump over it but when we were during they're doing the tour you know they were describing um how you know there was not only just barbed wire on it but it was like you know for let's say two blocks this direction there were you know these things and two blocks this direction there, there's these other reinforcements and they really described you know it made you feel like you were there and by the end of the tour you know you really felt like a, a, well, at least i did i really felt a connection with berlin and the berliners and just you know people that that, that live there so you know for me i liked berlin uh because of that of that fact uh and also it's more of a livable city like for example, my favorite thing about it is how easy it is to ride a bicycle around there. And we met some Dutch people that said that Holland is actually easier to ride a bicycle around. And they were not that they were complaining, but they were you know saying that in all of Holland, not just Amsterdam, there's bike lanes everywhere. And in Berlin, it was incredible to me because going up in San Francisco, we're known as a bike friendly city, but that's we're not at all. I mean, first you know the hills. I mean, you know it's ridiculous and. There's always going to be buses or cars parked in the bike lane. And same as New York. Definitely not bike friendly at all. But Berlin, actually bike friendly. And that was probably one of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. We had the bicycles for a day and just getting around the city. You could bring them onto the subways, hop on and off whenever you want. Um, super easy to get around. So I really did like that about Berlin. And, you know, again, we, we didn't really we, – we were just kind of like passing through and doing tourist stuff. But from what I saw, I think Berlin would definitely be the place to live. Again, in Prague, all we saw was the main area. So I don't know what it's really like once you go outside of that. Um, but from what we saw of the main area, it's just all touristy. But um, again, even as a tourist, I, I loved it. And then in Berlin, we kind of had the bicycles. We went on the subway. We met friends in some different districts. So we saw much more of it. And from what we saw, I think that would be a, definitely a good place to live and you know, really get work done. It was actually, in my opinion, it, it's, it's big. So while I wouldn't mind living there, we kind of have to figure out what area most people are in. Because like, one of the things I love about Saigon is, you know, I think we've talked about it before, there's like that huge group chat there with whatever it is, 80, 90 people in it. So if you want to meet up, someone sends out a message, we're all here. Literally, I can get on my motorbike and be almost anywhere that people are hanging out within five minutes usually, at the most 10. And then in Berlin, like if everyone's living in different districts and there's meetups like that, I could see it easily taking 30 minutes or so to get somewhere. So one thing to consider, but uh, yeah, it was a really nice place. Yeah, I mean, as far as that, from what we saw that, the Kresenberg area, so the main tourist area is called Mitt, and I'm pronouncing all this wrong, so I don't, I don't speak any German, but Mitt is like the kind of downtown San Francisco area. Outside Kresenberg area has a lot, not worth it. Uh, my blog, mega post on, so, if, you know, I watched the videos of it. But let's talk about some stuff that I didn't write about in, in the blog post. So if you were to, let's say you, you were to live in Berlin, what, what would your what would your plan be? Would you first? I would buy a bicycle, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah for, I mean, I would reach out to all the contacts we have there, and it seems like they've been moving around quite a bit. But reach out to everyone and find out where is like central towards that group of people. Because again, like for me, the whole point of this, you know, location independent lifestyle and living abroad right now is really those connections with people. You know, I wouldn't live in any of this, like I wouldn't live in Saigon if I didn't have friends in Saigon, if I didn't have a network in Saigon. So the first thing I would do is find out where people actually are. Um, so, you know, it could be close and part of that community. And I would, um, you know, just, yeah, look for a place there. What we found out is being from the States, it's possible to get a 90 day visa. I think it was once every 180 days. And then, um, you know, you could just use basically 90 days within 180 day period. So probably find a nice three month sublet and yeah, I'd stick around and get to know everyone. Yeah. So what I would do, and you know, maybe this is actually the plan. Things might change. I don't, I don't really make plans anymore, but I would love to spend three months next summer in, in Europe, you know, at least a month, if not all three months in Berlin. And we haven't checked out uh, Budapest yet, which we're going to go to next week. So, you know, keep kind of check back next week and we're going to make another episode. You know, we want to kind of unpack all of it into one, but it's just too much. There's just too many things to do out here. And I mean, realistically, it is like we're going to five different countries in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, it's kind of good to break it up a little bit. Uh, so with with Prague itself, uh, I was surprised. I mean, the, the first thing that really surprised me was German beer is, is known in the U.S. to be the best beer in the world. So I was so excited. And I actually haven't had a beer since my birthday of last year. So July 11, 2013, I had my last beer. And in Germany, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a German beer, obviously. And every single German person that was hanging out with us said, uh, no, 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 have a, order a Czech beer. But I wanted to try the German beer, I tried it, wasn't that good, didn't even finish it. And in Prague, my God, it was 
like literally the best beer I've ever had. I don't have that much experience, but Anton, you drank a lot of beer before. Yeah, yeah, I drank a lot of beer. It's uh, no, it's great. Like it was delicious. What's great about it is everything is um, is like unpasteurized, and they have a lot of unfiltered beers, so it's extremely fresh. It's like the kind of beer you have to drink within two weeks, or else it goes bad. So a lot of it was you know brought to the the bars we were at that day, and you just drink it right away. So it was really amazing. It was it was much better than the beer we had in Germany. Not that that was bad, but it was really just a different experience having that um, that unpasteurized, unfiltered extremely fresh beer that yeah it was amazing and cheap I mean under a dollar a beer well most places under a euro so it was so most places were 25 or 30 uh, is it no they don't use euros they crowns which was about you know a dollar fifty and this is at a bar I mean you know I'm sure if we went to a supermarket it would have been cheaper Um, first Prague doesn't have supermarkets which is kind of weird I mean I'm I'm sure they have supermarkets we were in the tourist area we were in the main district (laughs) but um we accidentally stumbled into what might be the best bar in Prague, uh, or at least, you know, with the best beers. Cause, so on the last day, we actually did a beer tour where they took us to the beer museum and then two other, well, three other bars that are supposed to have, you know, really good local beers. And even though I thought they were great, that first place, not only was it fresher uh, and really, you know, like it really felt like a... I mean, so what it was, it was basically, we arrived by train, we went from from Berlin to Prague, and the train is the, be- the best way to travel. Uh, you know, flights, I know you can fly EasyJet and things like that for really cheap in Europe, but the train is beautiful, you hang out in the dining car and have a good meal, and, you know, enjoy the scenery. And when we got there, it was pretty late already, so everything was closed, and we just walked to the nearest you know, restaurant we could find. And it was literally, you know, it looked like it was, it was nothing. And it was down in the basement, but you get down there and it was beautiful. And we looked at the menu and it said, um, all of our, our beers are locally made by the, you know, old tradition. And because we had never seen prices anywhere else, we just assumed 18 kronas or 18 crowns was the, you know, the price for a beer. And it was the best beer I've had in my entire life. It was so fresh. I never even heard of unpasteurized beer. I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't even know that beer in the U.S. is is cooked. I mean, you know, you know, not cooked, but uh, what it is is because we need to have long shelf lives in the U.S. They, you know, basically heat up the beer to kill everything, and we do the same with milk, things like that, and. It tastes so much better when it's that fresh and actually has a two-week expiration date. So we had it, and 18 crowns is one U.S. dollar, which is insane for that good of a beer in a bar. I mean, you can literally go and, and buy rounds for everyone in the bar every single day, and you'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. I mean, the cheapest you're going to get for beer that quality. It was amazing. And the beer tour, again, like there were some really good beers, did a bunch of flights of all local Czech beers. And what I would compare them to is, you know, from America, obviously, and we have really great microbreweries now. Um, that's like the only beer I drink when back home. I love going to different smaller breweries that make and bottle their own stuff. And um, that's what the brewery tour was like. A lot of different fresh beers, a lot of unique styles. But that beer, the the one that we had at this place, uh, I guess Johnny, you could put a, a link to it because I took a screenshot of the the menu um, under this episode. It, like if you're there, there's no reason not to pop in there. And you know, food's halfway decent, but the beer is what it's all about. They have their own they have their own place where they make it. I think like an hour away, and they just bring in new batches every couple of days. So definitely have to check that out. And by the way, if you guys don't know how to get to the show notes, I just discovered this actually after doing 40 episodes of the podcast. If you're on the iPhone app and you just tap the um, the screen, the photo, it actually brings up a description. And in there it has links to the show notes and the blog post where I have, you know, I have basically links and photos and videos to all, all this stuff. Um, and, or if you're on a computer, just go to travellikeabosspodcast.com and click show notes and this is episode 44. So, Aside from that, uh, what else did we do in Berlin? I, I almost completely forgot. I mean, I know it wasn't that long. Ago. No, we just did a lot of walking and you know, just really trying to see it. Like, like I was saying earlier, this kind of this trip, I really just wanted to see everything. And whenever I get to a new city, my main thing that I want, like I do, whenever I get to a new hotel, I get to a new place, I basically go in, put my bag down, and just start walking with you know, try to walk the border of the city, walk up down as many streets as possible, and just try to get a feel for it and kind of like map it out of my mind. So we just really did a lot of exploring, you know, kind of just walking, biking, just going around with no real goal other than to see the place. Because if it's going to be somewhere like Johnny's saying, maybe he'll be living next summer, it's just a place you you want to experience. So not just go to the you know the main places when you're following a set schedule, but just walk around and take 
take it all in. And that's what we did to try to get an overall vibe for it, an overall feel for it. And that, that was my impression. It's, uh, it's, it's really nice. It's clean. Uh, things are efficient. And yeah, there's, there's good people. Everyone, and that's another thing. A lot of people say in Germany, everyone's kind of, you know, very stern and almost mean. And we didn't have any of that. I, I think what people told us is Berlin's a little bit different. But if that's like a kind of a preconceived notion you have about, about Germany, uh, don't expect that in Berlin. People were all super friendly, super nice, and very helpful. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, honestly, I think just growing up in the U.S., we, we hear all these stereotypes about other countries and we really don't know that much about it until we actually go there. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend every single person make it a priority to visit Europe because once you're here, it's actually really easy to travel around and it's actually not as expensive as as people make it out to be. If you come here on a package tour, like a two-week vacation, yeah, it, it's super expensive. I mean, if you want to stay in, you know, really expensive hotels, you know, you're going to be spending 200 euros a night, which is, you know, 300 US a night. But you get to stay in a single room at a, at a normal hotel because you're not going to spend that much time there anyways. There's these free walking tours. If you don't eat at tourist restaurants, you just, you know, you actually eat at good local restaurants. You know, you can have meals for, you know, five or $10. And, beer you know it's a dollar or two so i mean it really doesn't have to be an expensive trip but what's really cool is exactly one year ago so the reason why we're actually out here is when i met i met this guy named kurt that we, me and anton both friends with and we were hanging on chiang mai and we were working uh, that was when i first started getting into business first getting into job shipping and kurt you know we were hanging out every day and i thought you know life was great and all of a sudden he was like hey hey buddy i'm, I'm taking off and i said and i said where, where are you going and he's like oh, i'm going to europe and for no real reason, he just decided to book a random trip to Europe. And his only explanation was, uh, Europe is nice in the summer. And I couldn't argue with that. <laughs> and that was the moment I realized I had been lying to myself, you know, this basically my entire life. You know, I never thought that I wanted to leave Chiang Mai. I thought that was a perfect place. And I still think it is uh, as, as far as one of my favorite places in the world. But I realized at that moment that I was trapped, that even if I wanted to travel to other places, I really couldn't afford it. And it was just, I wasn't even thinking about what I was going to be spending when I was there. Even the plane ticket, you know, being $1,000 or whatever it was, I, I just knew I couldn't afford that because I was on a budget. And I had decided right then and there, I said, you know what, you know, and I, I remember telling this to Anton, I said, next summer, I'm going to Europe, you know, and we, we joked about Euro trip 2014, but we are sitting here right now and it's it's insane how fast life changes. Yeah, yeah, it is really quite crazy. And you were telling me how much money you have in the bank account the other day too. And to go from literally a year ago, and you were talking about wanting to do this this summer. I mean, it's amazing. It, people that follow your journey, it kind of seems like a long progress because they've been watching it on your blog and kind of watching it unfold. And it might seem like it's it's been a while, but to just say like literally a year ago. I mean, if everyone looks back at where they were a year ago, I'm sure most people are in the same exact position. So congrats on that, really changing everything and being out here. Yeah, yeah I really do appreciate that. And I remember, you know, I mean, so I, I thank that onto a lot. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like a lot of people don't realize that I just met Anton a year ago. And now we're not only we're we good friends, I consider Anton a mentor. If it wasn't for learning how, you know, to build an online store with, through Anton, I never would be in this place. I think I would still be trying to figure out shortcuts in life and like I'm like okay if I work uh, and save up some money doing you know teaching taking people scuba diving and just save up for a season or maybe I would probably even be teaching English or you know doing something and just trying to be live as cheaply as possible and save up I never would really get anywhere I mean it's kind of like if you if you're counting pennies you're going to be counting pennies forever. Yeah. yeah, then you save up for your trip, you go on your trip, and then it's over and you're back to square one. Instead, you were saying how like your plan was even if you spend as much money as possible and break even this month, you're still okay with that. And you're actually, I know yesterday you had probably one of your best sales day, I don't know if ever, but I'm sure in a while, that was amazing. So you're actually earning a lot while traveling like this. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing is, I was actually a little bit, I mean, honestly, just yesterday during the day, I was like a little bit worried because um, I'm spending a lot more money here than I originally planned. Uh, and a lot of it, it's it's really my fault because I'm just I'm ordering like three you know three lunches on on the train and sitting in like the the first class dining car, and our lunch was like a hundred dollars, uh, which was really unnecessary because we didn't need to order three meals. We you know we could have just brought a sandwich onto the train, and you know like little things like that. That's but not, that's not traveling like a boss. Yeah, <laughs> bring sandwiches on trains. <laughs> but it's what it is is you know I mean kind of growing up in an Asian household. You know, I, I was always taught don't waste money. So I remember as a kid when we used to go to Great America, which is like our version of the um, 
the theme park, you know, my dad would always have us pack our lunches. And what we do is we would get there, uh, and we would, you know, rent one of the storage lockers for a, like a dollar twenty-five, and we would put, you know, our sandwiches, our snacks, our waters in there because, you know, we knew that theme parks—the way they make money—is by selling you really expensive food. So, you know, kind of growing up, I had that mentality, and I think it's actually a good thing that I have this balance now because, you know, I still have that, you know, Asian side of me where I'm just, you know, just saving up as money, much money as possible. But at the same time, I have the other side now where I really do want to travel. And I really do want to see cool things and I do cool things. I do realize how fast life changes. And it just, it's such a shame if life would pass me by and not, you know, and I don't see anything. I don't enjoy anything because, you know, I'm worried about money. So now it's kind of like a balance where for, you know, six months at a time or three months at a time, I just, you know, live in a cheap apartment. Like my place in Chiang Mai is $203 a month US. And I, I'd really like Thai food. So it's not because, you know, I still go out and have a steak once in a while, but because I really enjoy it, I end up spending about $1,000 or less a month when I'm living in Chiang Mai. And I'm not, you know, I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything because I still have, you know, a gym membership to the nicest gym that, you know, that I want to go to. I still have my, my co-working space membership. I still drink good coffee. I still eat good food. You know, I still like to go on nice trips with my girlfriend. But I, because life is so cheap there and I don't spend frivolously, I don't just throw, you know, money away. I end up saving so much freaking cash. It's, it's just incredible. I mean, it's like if you make a US wage, if you can make just like, a normal amount of money and live in a place like Saigon or live in a place like Chiang Mai or live, you know, any, really any of these, you know, these location independent places, these new hubs. I mean, you can save up $3,000 a month easily. Yeah I, really, yeah. I really think Chiang Mai is the place to get started, not Saigon because Saigon is much more money and there's a lot of distractions there. But um, with, with Chiang Mai, I mean, that's last time we did a podcast together. That's why I mentioned that I wanted to do the, the retreat, which is now turned into the Dropship Lifestyle Retreat, which actually, since that last episode, has went from you know talking about the idea to uh, announcing it that it was a possibility to the members of the course and then to eventually actually launching it and having them sign up. So I don't know how many people are actually going to make their way out there. I'm hoping it's everyone that's joined so far. But right now we have a really big crew that's planning on coming out to Chiang Mai and, uh, you know, going through these four days of just really in training to try to make more store, more money off your existing stores. And like we had spoke about uh, last time, actually, in a video that we did for for one of my courses, we were talking about how really important it would be if people could stay out longer. So the actual event, you know, it's only four days of, of really training. But the, the, what I want people to do is come out, experience Chiang Mai, see what this location independent living is really like, and then also try to stick around, you know, take two weeks off of work if you have a job, stay for a month if you can, you know, stay forever if you can, not forever, but until your <laughs> business is huge, because it's such a great place. Like if, if your store right now is making you a thousand bucks a month, two thousand bucks a month, that's more than enough that you need. And if you're sticking around and you're going to pun space where there's, I think right now, four or five people from the course in there working on their dropshipping stores. I mean, everyone's income is just going up so fast because they're working together and it's motivating and it's the place to be right now so um i'm excited about that that's in october so a little bit off topic for uh prague versus berlin, berlin no but, i mean yeah it's, but it's definitely it's part definitely of it because all right so the last time we, we actually sat down and hung, hung out for, for a podcast was episode 28 and it was called vacation like a boss underwater passive income diving your giant, giant mantra race with anton Creeley. and you know what thinking back it wasn't even that long ago it was how many months is that like four or five months ago it feels like years ago it does, that we were there. It does, yeah. and we, we recorded the episode in Colanta, which is one of the most beautiful islands down in um, down in, in south of Thailand. And you know, we were literally you know scuba diving with giant manta rays, with sharks, and you know some of the most beautiful things in the world. And we were talking about in that episode how because we have worked so hard to set up our our basically passive, you know, semi passive. I, I want to say it's passive as in. You know, we never work. Uh, but we, what we were doing is we were just waking up half an hour, an hour before we went scuba diving. We would answer some emails and take care of whatever we needed to do. And then for the next eight hours, we'd be on a, on a boat with no reception, you know, eating nice food, you know, hanging out, getting sun, and then scuba diving. I would come back. And as soon as I had a reception, I saw my phone on Shopify. It would just pop up saying you have three new sales. And that would make me, I mean, I think that was the moment where I realized, you know, how insane this life is that I made. I made more money being underwater and enjoying myself and seeing things that, you know, most people would just dream of ever seeing 
And not only did that pay for that that day trip, and scuba diving is not cheap, especially if you go to the really premier locations. But not only did it pay for that, but also it gave me you know enough money where I can save up a bit and, and travel around. This trip, I don't think I'm going to be saving any money. I mean, our my flights are about two thousand dollars to Europe. You know, even though, and we're staying in you know just kind of pretty basic single rooms, but it's still at least fifty euros a night, which is like seventy five. Uh, dollars and you know we, we're you know really just spending a lot of money on food because we enjoy eating i mean <laughs> it's one of those things where i i don't want to skip out on food and try to eat you know mcdonald's or something unhealthy i mean first i want to eat i'm not gonna sacrifice my health just to save a couple of bucks and when i'm in a new country i want to eat you know the, the best food uh speaking speaking of which what has been your favorite foods that you've eaten uh, here so far i gotta say i mean the food's been good but not all that impressed. Um, the best food I had was the breakfast we just had. Uh, yeah, and that wasn't in Berlin. Let me think of Berlin or Prague. What was the best food I had there? It was probably Turkish food. Yeah, it was one of the kebabs. I mean, it's crazy in Berlin how much Turkish food there is. It's it's everywhere. It's like every other restaurant is kebabs. But uh, yeah, they were good. So <laughs> you think yep. that um, the national food of um, of Germany would be you know German food? Actually, you mind cracking that window again? getting a bit hot yeah so um the but the actual natural i mean the 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 national food of berlin is turkish kebabs and currywurst which is this sausage that is in this like i don't know it's ketchup it's ketchup with curry powder powder. it's definitely not not, you know know, good but it's (laughs) i don't think at all all. (laughs) no i think it's one of those cool things things to have like as a street yeah i mean you should have it if you're there definitely have it because it's like their thing but it's don't don't be going there like oh i can't wait this is gonna be the best thing ever yeah it'll fill you up for a bit if you're walking around that's about it so in prague what do you think the food there it was like some goulash and we're gonna be going to Budapest soon, which I I remember being the the, the goulash capital. Uh, but I'm sure they, they kind of have it in all these countries. Yeah. But I don't remember the food being in Prague being that that incredible I either. I think what we really ate there. I mean, we had a bunch of sauce. Oh, we had uh, that huge pork knee. Like that was insane. It was. I mean, I'll, I'll put a photo up of this. It was so yeah. big that neither of us could finish it. Yeah, it was good, but it was just way too big. Yeah. I mean, so so far the food in Europe, it's good, but it's. I mean, it doesn't compare to food in Thailand. Uh, yeah, I mean, and like we're both like Johnny's from San Francisco. I'm from New York where you can literally get the best food from anywhere in the world that you want. So, um, you know, I, I'm not really like it, it is great to try the local foods, but nothing's been that impressive. And in Thailand, I definitely agree as far as local food goes that that place you get more like so much for your money and it's all delicious. So um, haven't been that impressed, but it is cool to try. Like we tried. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it in the next episode, but stuff we're trying over here in these countries. Too. But the well, things that you can't get in Thailand are the old European architecture of places like Prague. And I mean, literally, there's castles everywhere. Yeah. It's insane. Like we were walking around. I mean, I made a two-minute video of it. You have, to, you guys, if you guys haven't watched it, just pause this right now and just watch it real quick on yeah, the computer. Yeah, I got to play with an owl. Johnny got to play with a falcon. Pretty yeah, cool. I, there was yeah. a, a eagle. I think I got corrected like eighty times. Golden eagle. <laughs> this uh, this girl that was working there yelled at me for calling it a falcon. Yeah. They're really strict about <laughs> funny things here, but. I mean, you walk around in every direction and you see almost like Disney World style castles. Well, they said Walt Disney actually, Prague was his favorite city also, him and Hitler, it's weird. But he used to go there and get inspiration for uh, for the movies and for actual things that they had built. So it's pretty cool. The, uh, the castle in Prague was used for... Um what is it? I think in Sleeping Beauty, they said for the castle in there, that's the, what the design was built off of. And somewhere in Austria, we're not going to that part, but that's where the castle that inspired the one in Disney World was uh, was actually from. So it's really cool because this is like, it's such a famous place and it's been here so long that, you know, people have been coming through and getting inspiration for, for forever. So it's awesome. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna make a promise on here on air that I, I feel like this podcast is kind of almost like a, a good luck charm or it's... It's something to keep me accountable. Literally every single thing I've ever said on this podcast, I've had to do. Like it's it's one of those things where I think once you announce it to the world, you kind of just have to do it. And I remember when I randomly mentioned to you in one of the early episodes that I wanted to have save up $30,000 in my bank and be a Thai millionaire and, and buy a gold watch. I completely forgot that I had said that. And I, honestly, at the time, I didn't really mean it. Because <laughs> at the time, I had like you know a couple hundred bucks in my account. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to save up 30, 30 grand. <laughs> And it, it almost sounds retarded. Like, imagine if you, you know, a buddy of yours in college was like, he's like, hey, man, I'm going to save up $30,000 cash. 
and you're like, no, you know, you're not, man. You you work at you know you're the manager at a Burger King, and there's no way you're gonna save that. I mean, yeah. you, good luck saving three hundred bucks, right? And because I said that, it happened. So I'm gonna announce this right now. My goal for next year, Euro Trip 2015, is not gonna be me. I'm gonna. I want. I really want my parents to come here and experience it because. I feel so bad. I, I talked to my mom the day before we flew out here and I forgot to mention her that I was going to Europe. It was one of those things where she called me and, was, and I was like, oh yeah, hey mom, how you doing? And I try to call her once a week just to you know, say hi to them and see how they're doing. And I was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to Europe tomorrow. And to them, they were like, what? You know, why didn't you tell us beforehand? Why didn't, you know, and it, to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. And it's so weird knowing that because both Anton and I thought our, like, we didn't be prepare at all. I mean, what was that message that you sent me, like, 24 hours before the flight? Yeah, yeah no, I was out to dinner with friends in Saigon, and I was, uh, I was supposed to spend the next night with my girlfriend, and then the day after, I was planning on flying out here, meeting up with Johnny, and then after dinner with my friends, I uh, went home and checked my email, and I had one, uh, an email saying my flight was in, like, 16 hours or something, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... It's not something we planned at all. We got here. We knew we would start in Berlin. And honestly, all we knew at that point was that we wanted to go to Berlin and we wanted to go to Budapest. And we thought maybe we would try to get Prague in as well if there was time. And we didn't, I mean, we knew there was a train, obviously, but we thought we'd be flying around. And just, you know, that, that's the way I recommend traveling. That's the way I've been doing it. You, you really just go to places and talk to people because that's the best feedback you're going to get. If you're going to Southeast Asia, if you're coming to Europe, it's full of people doing the same thing you are that are just traveling around and going online and asking questions on forums or posting on discussion boards and stuff like that. That's not going to get you the feedback you want. Just get over here, start talking to people, and you know, you'll know you see who you have a similar personality with. You'll see what they have to say about different places. Then you decide if you want to go or not. Like We just decided we're going to spend a day over in, uh, what's it called? Bratislava? I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know, but because a friend of Johnny messaged him on, on Facebook and he was like, yeah, he's like, you guys, I see you guys are over, you know, and you're heading this direction down towards Budapest from Vienna. Why don't you stop in? I think it's Bratislava. Yeah. And yeah. he sent, he sent Johnny a couple links. So oh, he sent me like, uh, a, like a guidebook guide almost. Like he wrote right. out like an essay cause he's from there. It's, it's either Slovenia or Slovakia. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. That's but the that's the way to do it though. Talk to friends. I mean, like if we would have just found that online, I would have been like, I don't know, man, you know, like either talk to people as you're traveling or talk to friends that have been there and that's the way to do it. So yeah, we came here with absolutely no plans at all. And I think you said your girlfriend even said like, you realize most people wouldn't like, would never do that. Like they'd have everything planned out, written down itineraries. They'd be like counting down the, the minutes to their flight. And yeah, we just came. And I, I mean, we've had a great time. So I think that's really the way to do it. I honestly feel kind of like an asshole for, for thinking that because I was all right. So the reason why I didn't really plan this, I wasn't really that excited for, it, is I was so happy being in Chiang Mai. I almost didn't want to come, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was in the same position as you. Business is going good. When things are going great, like and you're like kind of in the zone. You, you don't, yeah, you don't want to break that up. I felt the same way. And you know, but if I put myself in my own, like in my own shoes from five or six years ago, and I was working at a corporate job that I didn't really love, and that's what I would look forward to. I would probably, you know, book this plane ticket a year in advance, say next year I'm going to Europe and start saving up for it and say, I'm going to put, put, you know, aside $300 a month for this trip. I'm going to make every single plan, every single minute of the day I'm going to have written on an itinerary. I'm going to know exactly what I want to see. And I'm going to be, you know, daydreaming at work. I mean, anyone who still works at an office job that, that you don't really love, I guarantee you guys are daydreaming about, you know, your next, you know, vacation or you're on forums, you know, travel websites and you kind of just, you know, figuring out like, hey, you know, you're almost not at work because you're thinking, what would make me happy? What else would make me happy? But the thing is, being in Chiang Mai and just having kind of this life, even though I was working, I was working a lot, to be honest. I mean, I was working like eight or 10 hour days for the last couple uh, couple months because I was just kind of in the zone. And I was so happy with my normal life. And I wasn't even doing anything crazy. It was like my, my typical day was I would go to Pun Space, I would do my work go to the gym with my girlfriend at four, you know, go out to dinner somewhere. And then afterwards we would just hang out. We watch a movie or the weekends we would, you know, just go to the park or something. But I was so content with my life that, you know, the idea of going to Europe was almost like, you know, if like when it happens, I'll go, but <clears throat> I really wasn't even looking forward to it. And I, honestly, I didn't even Google what to do in Europe. I had like literally <laughs> no idea. And, it's first off that's the that's the beauty of the internet where you don't really need plans you can just show up and you know when you're in the city you can figure out okay what should I, what do I want to do today but it's one of those things where I, t I I know I take it for granted and the reason why I don't feel bad is because I did work hard for it 
you know, and yeah. I, you know, I remember saying to Anton, I said, like, you know, I, I literally said to Anton, I said, hey, thank you so much. You know, you, you changed my life. And if it was, you know, and you're the one who, who made me this money. I mean, if it wasn't for, for doing your course, there's no way that I would be able to do this today. And I remember you saying to me that you didn't make me. Yeah, I actually said that in the forum because someone had posted something like, you know, you, you like, because Johnny's so vocal about his success. I mean, go to his blog and he posts like screenshots of his earnings and income reports and all this crazy stuff. And like, someone's like, you know, is anyone else doing this? Or is like, is, is Johnny the only one posting all this stuff? And I said, like, yeah. And they said, you should create another Johnny. And I said, I didn't create Johnny. Like, Johnny, first of all, has been blogging forever. So this is kind of like a natural progression. And he used to blog about Muay Thai camps and living really cheaply. And, um, out in, uh, in in Thailand, and then kind of just progressed into this guy's. I'm going to start an e-commerce business. I'm going to start drop shipping. I met this guy named Anton, and it just progressed from there. So trust me, I wish everyone you know in the in the course was like Johnny, but I can't even blog. Like, I, I can't find the time to do it or the the passion to do it. So um, yeah, I didn't create Johnny at all. But I just want to jump back to talking about taking things for granted, like you were just saying. So. The, the lifestyle we're living now, how you said like you kind of were almost like dreading this trip because things were going so well. I mean, I felt the same way and I'm going back like four or five months now. I was living out in Saigon. I think that's when I first moved there about almost six months ago. And from there, I had traveled out to, to Thailand just to hang out with Johnny and everyone. Came back to Vietnam. Then my sister came out to visit to do a, a three-week trip around Southeast Asia. So I was with her. Um, we went up to Chiang Mai for a bit, a bit to see everyone. We went down to the islands. We're staying at beautiful resorts, doing everything fun. Uh, then I went back to the States to go to a music festival, meet all my friends from home again, you know, just go out to dinners, go out, party there. Went down to North Carolina to, you know, meet my mom and just spend a week with her. Then I came back to Vietnam. Then from there, I went back to Thailand to meet up with Johnny and actually plan this uh, this dropship lifestyle retreat, book a conference center, and do all that. I went back to Vietnam, back to Vietnam, kind of got back into a workflow. Now I'm back out in here in Europe. Then I'm going home. Then in three weeks I'm going back to Thailand for the dropship lifestyle retreat. Then I'm going back to Saigon. Then I'm going home for Christmas in December, and it's almost overwhelming. Like, and it's all fun stuff. That's the thing. Like, I like think about what I did. I tra I got to travel you know, Southeast Asia with my sister for a month and stay at beautiful resorts. I got to go to Thailand and see all my friends. I got to go to New York and see all my favorite bands and meet up with my buddies there. I got to spend time with my mom. Now I'm getting to go to Thailand and actually like train people in person, like a huge group of people, which is amazing. Then I get to see my family again in December, but it's almost too much. Like I totally get what you're saying. When you get into a workflow and everything's working, like being location independent is great, but it definitely doesn't mean life has to be this hectic. So I'm looking forward to after Christmas when I'm back out in Vietnam at my apartment, which I've set up totally the way I want it. I've got a really nice office space. I'm actually looking forward to spending about six months just kind of heads down working on the projects I'm passionate about and getting back into my workflow. I, I'm, I'm taking a look right now on, on the member forums. So if you guys want access to, to Anton's course, it's antonmethod.com. And in there, there's a private members forum where right now I'm looking at a thread called the best notification to look at ever. And these are all guys. I mean, and you know, honestly, before this thread, I don't know who, who started this, by the way. No I don't know. So before um, this, it was, oh, Pebble from the UK. <laughs> he basically, he started this, this thread where he just took a screenshot of his, um, the Shopify app on his phone where it says, Hey, just made a uh, new order for two items totaling 454 pounds. Like he's from the UK. Um, and he's like, I'm so happy. Like I was, this happened while I was watching Re Reservoir Dogs <laughs> and everyone else started replying to it as well saying, um, you know, congratulations, but also when they, when they make a sale and they, they, they post up their, their screenshots as well. And, this has been around for a few months now and you know it's so cool seeing everyone's progress and everyone else making money i mean this guy named siam from san diego he uh posted a screenshot of his his, his story made a sale for 1069 and 63 cents and i don't know why but it makes me so happy to see other people doing well and if yeah that, that's what i love about the forum honestly like when i first decided to create the forum for course members it was really just so like they could ask questions and i could respond and then in public you know everyone could see the answer so if it benefits the question asker it'll also benefit other course members and i what i love about some stuff like this that's totally open and like you know unmoderated is that people could talk about whatever they want and things like this can come out of nowhere so one guy posting a photo of his sale has now led to like this ongoing thread of people just posting like screenshots of their orders and it just it keeps everyone motivated it keeps like it, this 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 forum this community that that I have on here it's literally like the most 
supportive group I've ever seen. And I was talking to Johnny about it actually yesterday. I was like, I can't believe what this has turned into. Every day there's so many new posts. And whether it's a question from a total newbie that like has been answered already a bunch of times, people are still happy to like post links and references to answers or answer their questions. If it's a more advanced question, the more advanced members who are already doing really well are more than happy to jump in and answer. And people like whenever anyone posts anything positive about, you know, their sales reports, everyone's all about just supporting them. So it, it, it's it's amazing. Yes, and I love yes. this thread. And you yeah. don't see anybody in it that's that's negative. I mean, like, there was one time someone slipped up and it was like a little bit negative, and everyone jumped on him. Like, ten people jumped on him, saying, "Hey, like, hey, buddy, you know, you just need to put in the work." And it's cool now seeing everyone else is being successful because honestly, the reason why I actually never post any screenshots of my sales uh, in the forums is because I feel like you don't want to be a show off. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I do it on my blog sometimes, just kind of keep track of things. And um, but like as far as on the forum, like I know people are getting started, and I know there's a fine line between motivation and kind of just throwing in people's faces exactly. yeah yeah i totally agree but now when i go through and i see everyone else making sales it makes me so happy like it's like like seriously like by them making sales it doesn't it doesn't affect me either way like i don't get anything from it but it makes me happy knowing that it worked for them especially because a lot of these people found anton's course through through me through my blog or through this podcast and it's incredible you know not only seeing it on the forums but i get these long emails and these personal messages saying you know hey johnny thank you so much for for introducing me to it you know i i just made my first sale and now i know that if i can you know i can basically make this work yeah. and you know for a long time i was you know i was you know i you didn't really hear from from people like a lot of people were successful but you don't they just kind of disappear off the face of the planet yeah you'll see yeah, you'll like, see on like the, there's so many the, the forum is really all about progress threads so most people that sign up that are really serious about this they'll start a thread and they'll say like whatever their name is you know like progress journey or journey to success or whatever they want to call it and they'll post their their results from you know the from module 1 which is about picking a niche and then post about the market research, post about building their stores if they have any questions, and they'll just go through the process. And what you see if you go through the, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of threads there are. I think there's like 10,000 posts or something at this point. But if you go through, you'll see a lot of progress threads that start like that and then get up to people like, yeah, I made a sale, and then they stop posting. Yeah. And it's, it's really because people, people, I know why, like people get scared. Like they start doing well and they don't want everyone to know like exactly what they're doing. And I get it, you know, there's that scarcity mentality. They don't want people to find out what their niche is. They don't want people to copy their business. So I totally understand. But if thread like that's open like that one where people are posting their their uh, screenshots it really takes all that information that used to be spread out amongst everyone's progress threads and it just combines it into one place which is what makes it so cool so instead of having to go through everyone's progress threads and see how much money they're making you see it all in one spot which that's, is awesome. well, that's why i'm so excited about the retreat so if you guys don't know what it is basically during whatever that last um when we were yeah, basically when we were in in Colanta, Anton randomly had the idea. He's like, you know what? I wish that everybody can come experience this. So that's when you know the. I think I don't know if you had even thought about it before, but that's when we first you know you first told me about the retreat, yeah. and I was like. That's such a good idea. So basically, the idea was, hey, there's so many members on the forums. Why don't we all just meet in person? And why don't we just hang out in, in Thailand for a while? And you know, in, you know, hopefully, when you meet people face to face, and you see that other people are doing well, and you kind of really get to know them, not only do you build a bond where you want to help each other even more, but also, you know, you're out in Thailand already, so you might as well just stay. Yeah. And I, I literally, I did have that idea while we were doing the episode. We were, uh, it was after a day of diving, and, yeah, in Colanta, which was the best diving I've ever done. We were sitting at a beach bar. Johnny was drinking water. I was drinking a couple of beers. And uh, like we were talking before the episode about how amazing it was to be there. But then I was also thinking about how easy it actually is. And the fact that I could have been doing that, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago when I first really started doing very well in business. But I just I, I just delayed it. I, I didn't either know it was possible. Or it was just something you don't really think about when you're back home, you know, and I'm living in New York and I like. I'm running a business and it's doing well. It was never something that even popped into my head, honestly. And I was thinking like, it, it's so easy and it's so worth it because you're spending almost nothing. And this is right after I came back from uh, from Buenos Aires and down in South America where everything was more expensive and the lifestyle just was not anywhere near as good. So there were just so many positives at that moment for me about how great living in Southeast Asia was, how easy it was to build a business and how it really is attainable for everyone, even if you don't think it is. So I was thinking, well, if I was in this situation now, if I was in a dropshipping course back, you know, in 2006 when I started 
like what would have changed my life earlier and it would have been if someone said hey Anton you can come out here to Thailand I'm going to train you up for four days I'm going to connect you with this whole network of people and then afterwards if you want to stick around with them stay for obviously you know you do whatever you want you want to stick around you now you have all this you have this actual network of real people around you you can live out here you'll see what life's like you're going to learn more and you could stick around and just keep working and build a huge business here rather than back home I would have jumped all over that so I wanted to create an event that was what would have benefited me the most when I was getting started so that's how this really came about and from there you know Johnny helped me out checking out a bunch of conference centers out in Chiang Mai I flew out to meet him we looked at one the one that he thought was good <laughs> booked it right away took about 30 minutes um, spoke to a bunch of my friends who are you know very skilled in e-commerce and other areas that really benefit e-commerce stores so they'll be giving presentations at the at the retreat in October um, obviously I'll be presenting Johnny will have some things to talk about uh, my sister who does all the web design you may have seen some of her videos she'll be out there also so just a really great and obviously everyone from the forum also that people have been following progress threads through for you know whether it be a week they just started or a year they've been on there so really awesome group of people. Well, what I like about it most is a lot of people that were planning on coming in October, but they're already making, let's say, $1,000 a month right now. They're just like, well, I'm just going to come now. Yeah. So that's why Pun Space is so full of <laughs> different people. And I, I bet you, I mean, I haven't really checked the, the forums or, you know, really my, even my Facebook this last week and a half I've been here. But I guarantee when I get back, there's going to be two or three new faces. Yeah. People are like, hey, you know, hey, Johnny, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm here. You know, thanks. Yeah, it was amazing because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm on the, I, I don't post on the forum every day, but I'm on there every day and I post, you know, occasionally. But it's funny because I, I follow all the progress threads. I want to know how everyone's doing. And uh, when I was in Chiang Mai last time to book the conference center, I spent a week because I thought it would take longer and uh, it didn't. <laughs> so I spent the other days just working, you know, during the day at Pun Space with, uh, with Johnny. And I was, I bought a week pass and I'm, I was in there. I was on my computer. Computer, and people kept coming up to me like, oh, hey, Anton, I'm, you know, whoever. And I'd be like, oh, like, yeah, I know who you are. Like, I, I wouldn't, I didn't recognize their faces. I didn't even know a lot of them were in Chiang Mai, but I've been following their progress on the forum. So it was just really cool. So that's why I'm hoping everyone else comes out there. And the main thing that I took away is like everyone I spoke to, you know, you, you don't know when you're meeting someone in person. When, when people join a course like mine, it's open to anyone. I don't have like an interview process. So I don't know if people are going to be successful or not. I think it mainly depends on your work ethic, honestly. I think that's really what it all comes down to is your mindset and your work ethic. But um, I was so happy that everyone I spoke to that had joined the course said, yeah, I'm doing really well. Like I'm making a sale a day. Or even the one guy that hadn't had just started the course and just moved out. And he said he was making a sale a week. I sat down with him for, I think, five minutes. Not even kidding. Maybe five minutes. And the next week he emailed me and he said every day in that past week since I told him what to implement, he's made a sale every day. So stuff like that is amazing. And that's what this retreat's all about. Well, I think that's why it's so cool to have optimize like a boss where both of us you know just kind of sat down with with people's stores and say hey you know just do these couple of changes and, and you'll make more money yeah. and it's it's one of those things where i wish i could just sit down with every single person i meet so if you guys want to come out to the retreat it's for members only there's no there's no actual direct sign up link for it um, but if you go to antonmethod.com and you sign up in the members forums or you'll get an email saying hey do you also want to come to this retreat right. and what what i love about this is how many people are we gonna meet meet in person? It's so different. I think. I think I love I love meeting people on online and having that connection. But this this digital world now. I mean, this age that we live in. It's so easy for people just to hop on a flight, get somewhere. And the thing is, I mean, like travel nowadays is insane. Like I, I mean, all right. So, for example, I didn't. I had no freaking idea. No, like I don't think anyone you know tried to sell me on this. But as soon as I started making sales, I realized. I'm spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month on my credit card just for filling orders. And what, like, and the the way that works, if, if you guys don't know, is when someone orders something from one of my stores, uh, they give me, they basically deposit that money in my in bank account, and then my supplier, uh, you know, who, are, who are, like whatever authorized dealer I'm, I'm for, they charge my credit card for the item. So I'm spending, you know, twenty or thirty thousand dollars a month on my credit card just for that. And that's given me so many points that literally every single, I would say every three months now, I can afford to fly anywhere in the world round trip for free, just using the, the reward points. And that is like a little side benefit that I didn't even realize was possible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the biggest, if not the biggest benefit to owning this type of business besides the, the income you make from it. But one thing I want to say, because I get emails actually quite frequently from people that hear me talk about credit card rewards points. They hear Johnny talk about it and they say, you know, my credit sucks. Like maybe they had a foreclosure or they just haven't paid pills or they have bad credit. So they want to know if they could still do this. And the answer is definitely. Um, you could pay suppliers with a debit card, which there's no problem at all doing. And then, you know, eventually slowly rebuild your credit. Try to get approved for any card with an account minimum. Do some research online on how to repair your 
your credit and you can get to that point. So don't worry if your credit's not the best now, you could still do this type of business. You could pay suppliers via PayPal, debit card, wire transfer. There's plenty of ways to pay. Well, Derek in the last episode, 43, he doesn't even have a credit card. Uh, he's one of those guys that messed up his credit when he was young. And he's, you know, he's basically killing it right now. Uh, and with his story, it was the episode is called creating a profitable store in three weeks. Um, and yeah, so I mean, he's, he's doing super well as well. And you, you know, the thing is you don't actually have to travel if you, if you have one of these businesses, but honestly, just, just travel. I mean, just yeah. see the world. I mean, so here's, here's the promise I'm going to make on air right now is Euro trip 2015 is going to be my parents. I'm going to, I'm going to pay for their, for their flights. I'm going to pay for their hotel. I'm going to pay for the trip because I, you know, my parents are getting older now and they, I, even though I take, you know, I, you know, I take for granted how amazing, you know, it is being able to travel for them, you know, they're getting, you know, so much older, they're retired now and they would love to see Europe. I think I, every time I see a place, you know, every time we go and we see one of these beautiful, you know, museums or one of the, you know, these, these gorgeous buildings, I just, I keep thinking, man, my parents would love this so much. And I know they, you know, they don't really have it in their budget to, to come do this. And now that I'm finding in a position where I can actually kind of take care of them, I think they would really appreciate this trip. So that is, that is the go watch challenge of 2015 yeah. is I'm going to pay for both my parents and for them to come out for a few weeks. Yeah, that's a good one. And I'm sure they'll appreciate that more than anything. And I know with me, it always feels better to, uh, to actually give a gift than to receive one. So the gold watch was awesome and it definitely, uh, it shows a lot. It, it shows a milestone you reached, but I'm sure it'll bring more happiness to everyone by you giving your parents that trip. That's really cool. Really good idea. Yeah, definitely. I want to say one more thing yeah, too yeah. about the, uh, what time are we at now? 55. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're going on out. Yeah. I want to just say about, about the retreat because if people aren't a member of the, the course yet and you know, the, the information about it really is in the members area, I just want to let people like know a little bit more about it. It's okay. not one of those crazy expensive things that, you know, it's, uh, that's going to cost you a thousand dollars plus to get out there and go to the event. It's not like that at all. Very affordable. I'm just covering costs at this point. And, uh, the way it's going to work is it's four days. It's October 7th through 10th, which is a Tuesday through Friday. I recommend obviously staying longer. If you come out right before that's fine and then stay longer afterwards or however you want to do it. Um, the event's a mixture of speakers that are going to be presenting on different things that apply to dropship store owners. So definitely I recommend having a store already set up by the time you get there and at least, you know, having some sales come in. You don't have to be at that point, but I highly recommend it. You'll get a lot more value out of it. It's going to be a mixture of these presentations along with co-working. So it's not just like if you're wondering, oh, it'd be so great to sit down with you guys and have you review my stores, but there's going to be, you know, 50 to 100 people at this thing. What's going to happen? There's also going to be time made for that. So during the event, in between between these presentations, we're all going to be working together. So we'll be at big tables. You know, we have Wi-Fi. Bring your laptop out, and I'll be going around. Johnny will be going around. My sister, who has very successful e-commerce stores and is great with web design, will be going around. So we're all going to be there to actually help you hands-on too. So that's a huge part of it. So you will get that one-on-one -on -one attention. And it's also going to be in the afternoon doing some lifestyle activities, really seeing Chiang Mai. Because again, I want people that come out to really see what it's all about and not just see a conference center all day and then go home. So it's going to be a mixture of that: the presentations, the co-working, seeing what Chiang Mai is all about, and uh, you know, the weekend after. Like I said, it's Tuesday through Friday. The weekend after, everyone's just going to be in town. Hanging out together so good time to just really make some more personal connections out there yeah i like the lifestyle portion over the weekend so on saturday and sunday it, it, we don't have anything announced yet but one day is going to be like a waterfall another day is going to be like a like a nice infinity pool looking over the mountains and i think those are the times where people you know are going to kind of see the balance of, of work-life play where as cool as i think it is to you know just stack money just, you know it's if it wasn't for the fact that I, I really genuinely enjoy the lifestyle you know, that this business kind of gives us, that there's, I wouldn't be doing it. If yeah. it was just for the money, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. and you can't get addicted to work. Like, like Johnny said, it was hard for him to come to Europe for, for a few weeks. I'm the same way. And it was because like, once you start really making it work and you understand everything and just it all makes so much sense, it actually becomes fun. So we both really enjoy working. So yeah. we actually have to like, we have to tell ourselves like, okay, we're going, like Europe's going to be fun. We have, we're going to go. We, it's okay to step away for a bit. And it is okay. Business, like Johnny had a great sales day yesterday. I did really well yesterday. So it is okay to step away from it. But yeah, it's uh, you need that balance, which Honestly, is why we're going to be doing lifestyle activities. I want to apologize to my my girlfriend Rissa right now for when I brought my laptop to Pi, which was um I wrote about it on my blog post, and I wasn't going to work at all. My 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 I only brought my laptop so I can Skype my my parents when I was there just to say happy birthday. And I was like, I I'm only going to work for half an hour a day. But then I think after two or three days, I got so antsy, and I was like, man, I, like I just want to sit by the pool and you know fulfill orders or like check my email things like that. And to me. 
you know, for her, it was because she has a normal job. She's a teacher. So she wanted to go there and just unwind. She didn't want to think about work at all. But what she, you know, what's hard to explain is nothing, like to me, I was so happy. I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting here in the sun. You know, I have a beautiful girlfriend that's swimming in the pool. I'm hanging out. People are bringing me fruit and drinks. And, you know, I get to also work. Yeah. So to me, that, you know, like, that actually makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. It actually, even for people that have no desire to own your own business that do get into this, it's really fulfilling once it starts happening. Like, I, it, it's there's such a great feeling when you're actually delivering a, like a physical product you're making customers happy you're making money off, off it and you could do it anywhere like Johnny said sitting next to a pool while your girlfriend swims while you have someone bringing you a drink like there's nothing there's nothing better than that alright guys so let's wrap this up um, if, <laughs> check out the check out the uh, the show notes for this episode it's episode 44 Berlin versus Prague and I've already published the uh, the Berlin guide, so it's called it's Johnny's guide to Berlin, and it's basically just where we stayed, where we ate, uh, all the cool things to see, and then I'm going to write the Prague one as well, so that'll be up uh, by the time this episode's out. So it's going to be Johnny's guide to, to Prague. And uh, Anton, thank you so much for for being on the show. Yeah. If they want to check out the course, it's uh, AntonMethod.com, yeah. and that's it. Hopefully, you should link up yeah. link up your post to the retreat too, because I know you had made something like that on your on your blog. So okay. just to give people some information on it, because I if anyone is is even considering this lifestyle, I really think this is going to push you to to take that jump. Yeah. So definitely yeah. check. And it what's out. really cool is they have two months to get their stores up and running. And you know what? That was the exact amount of time it took me to make my first sale. Yeah. So if if you guys are even on the fence about this, just sign up for it now. Give the next two months. Everything to say, you know what? For the next two months, I'm gonna work my butt off yeah. making this work. And if you don't think that's enough time, listen to Derek's episode from last week. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah. 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 All right, so <laughs> guys, we're gonna go check out the rest of Europe, go for a hike here in Austria, and uh, see you guys next week. All right, later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus "How to Choose the Perfect Niche" episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.